0: You're listening to
1: a Mamma Mia podcast.
2: Hello, hello, hello. My name is Holly Wainwright.
3: And I'm Andrew Daddo, And this is this glorious mess, big kids. It's Mamma Mia's podcast for parents who are looking at people with babies and toddlers thinking, aren't we lucky we're past that? Is that you or not?
2: No, it's definitely me because I'm so far past it now. But every now and again, I look at a baby and I'm just like... <laughs>
3: we had a baby shower for my niece last weekend. And it was very exciting. And her stomach was like public property. And my wife is like going, I can't wait.
2: Oh, for, for grandchildren. I said,
3: you can you can. Anyway, it was exciting. It was good, you know. So definitely one of those ones who'd look back, look at other people with the baby and going. <laughs>
2: you got it out of the way pretty early, Mr. Dano. Mm. If you're wondering what we're talking about, my name's Holly as discussed. I work at Mamma Mia. I have two kids who are nine and 11, so peak primary school age. And this is the show for parents of kids over five.
3: There is the younger version as well, so this glorious mess, little kids. And if you've got toddlers, that's probably where you'll be. And I'm Andrew Dado, and I've got three kids, so 22, 20, and 18 almost next week.
2: They're on the other side. That's great.
3: They're great. They're great kids. We're very lucky.
2: And on today's show, Andrew and I are talking about quitting, specifically quitters. And these days, quitting is being reframed as a positive thing that you do for your mental health. But when you're a parent, what does that mean for how we talk about quitting? Do you encourage your kids to keep going with things or is it okay for them to give up something that isn't working for them? We're gonna be sharing your opinions and ours Mm. on today's episode. It's
3: interesting and some great opinions coming.
2: And of course, we're gonna wrap up with our nailed and failed because we are, of course, nothing if not fallible and genius at the same time.
3: Mm. Mm
2: -hmm. Uh, But right now, it's time for Parenting Mentors.
0: Parenting Mentors. Do we get a cape? (laughs) This week
2: we got a question from the Mamma Mia Parents Facebook group where all kinds of interesting conversations are being had. And the listener asked this, can we talk about how hard it is to make friends with other parents at school? So far, I've established the following. Three mums I awkwardly wave to every day, two dads I head nod to, and three children who recognise me as their friend's mum and declare my daughter's location to me even if she's right next to them. (laughs) That's Betty's mum. Betty's here. (gasps) Betty's right over there. I don't know how to go about introducing myself or the small talk. I'm definitely one of the younger mums and my daughter changed kinders halfway through last year, so I'm not super familiar with the other families that had children in the same kinder. My daughter's in prep and I feel like she'll be in grade six by the time I manage to organise a play date. Help.
3: Mm. It's a ripper, isn't it?
2: It is. You know, it's really funny how for parents, like, Finding parent friends is like dating. You know, it's like putting yourself out there. You feel like there's a lot of pressure. You're in this school situation. There's a lot of pressure to meet people who your kids are going to get along with or you need that network. And it can be really daunting. I totally understand where our listener is coming from.
3: If you date the wrong parent group, it can be hard to break up. You know? Like when you get to school and there's someone shows you around high school and you're late, you know, you get there in the mid halfway through the year in year eight and they assign someone to you. And it's almost guaranteed they don't assign you to the coolest kid in the school, do they?
2: <laughs> huh? Are you speaking from experience? Yes, I, here, I am. Mr. Peter
3: Phelps, great guy. Uh, great guy.
2: Peter Phelps?
3: Peter Phelps was his name. And uh, this is in oh. America. So I can talk about it freely because I'm pretty sure he's not listening. And. Yes, it was terrible. Like, I just couldn't wait to get to the cool kids. Because he just clearly wasn't... No, no, I know how that sounds, but I'm being honest. You would have been exactly the same. You know, you look at the kids you want to be friends with and you work that out within a week.
2: Yeah, you do. You're like, I want to be in that group.
3: I want to be in that group. You don't sit there going,
2: yes! Yes!
3: I mean, the nerd... Because, you know, gee whiz. Anyway...
2: It's like that, but for parents.
3: Yeah. This is the problem for our listener and it's a really interesting one. What do you think? What's the best way through hole?
2: These are my tips is because I think depending on your situation, it's really hard to make school friends because sometimes it can feel like there's a gaggle of mums or dads who are there every day and seem to have time to stand around and chat and stuff. And maybe you're running in and out, which was always me. So I'm always the one who's just like, hi, hi, and then running off. So you find a way to connect in other ways.
3: Were you running in and out so you didn't have to engage?
2: No, because I had to get to work.
3: Yeah, okay. So like
2: the days of all the parents having loads of time to sit down and chat at the school gate are kind of gone, I think, right? Well, not gone, but limited. It's different. So where I've moved to, (laughs) which is a more rural area, like I think a lot of people work from home and obviously the pandemic has affected that and so that – is different. It's taken a little bit of the stress of the commute out of it. So people do tend to chat a bit more, but the pandemic has obviously meant you can't go onto school grounds, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, what I do is I co-opt the children into this. So I know that your daughter's only in prep, our listener, but I ask the kids, like, who do you like at school? So when we started at this new school and they tell you, and then you go, do you think you could get so-and-so's mum's number for me? And I put it on the kids. And then that is how I made some of my parent friends that I have here is that basically someone on either side would slip the parent's phone number. Mm. So it wasn't a school gate situation, but then you're texting them and you're going, hey, my daughter's in your daughter's class. They seem to get along. Would you like to come around one day? Or could we organise a play date for the weekend? Or would you like to blah, blah, blah? And you do it the same way that we do all the communication these days via phone. Right. And then you arrange the first play date that they have. Well, actually, your daughter's little, so you'd, you'd always be present at the play dates anyway. But you arrange the first play date in a neutral territory like a park or a beach or a playground where you and the parent can have a coffee and a chat, but there's not too much commitment. Yeah, And if you get along, then, you know, you're open yeah. to moving on to other kinds of dates. It's just like a relationship.
3: Yeah, we're talking about quitting later, and I reckon I know exactly what Holly's going to say. Why? <laughs> but no, I'm just, I'm just suppositioning. Like, what about the old-fashioned thing of actually saying, hi, I'm Mary, I'm new, I'm not very good at saying hello, but I thought I'd say hello because we're probably going to go through the next six years together. So my daughter's such and such. I'm not saying your your way is playing games. I'm just saying, what if you're just honest and say...
2: So I agree with that too. My way isn't about playing games. It's about being time poor. And it's also like it's a bit less confronting than walking up to somebody. Yeah,
3: maybe playing games is the wrong thing. But, you know, it's like you're hedging your bets as well. You're going, "Uh, yeah, yeah.
2: But the difficult thing about walking up to people, and I, maybe our listener isn't finding this, but I am, is so I go and pick the kids up every day and I usually walk with the dog. And so then I'm standing at the gate and the other parents are standing at the gate and they're talking to their friends. You can't walk up to people who are already talking yeah. and break <laughs> into that circle with a hello, right? You can't do that. That's sure, not okay.
3: Go, Hi, guess who I am? <laughs> <laughs> I'm your worst nightmare.
2: You can do what she's doing, which is wave and make eye contact and sort of yeah. – and I have met a few parents like that at the school gate where you're kind of like, oh, hello, hello, I'm Holly. Oh, yeah, I'm Matilda's mum, blah. But if you can't do that, offload it to the kids. That's what okay. I Okay,
3: and just for the record, <laughs> don't listen to a word I say because it's the same thing at the dog park. It's the same thing uh, at the when you go for a swim uh, at the same place every morning. I don't talk to anyone. I go, hey – Hi, (laughs) nice puppy, or whatever, right? And that's (laughs) it. So I'm just full of it. I've got theories, but I don't necessarily practice them. But you know, gently Bentley, I think gently Bentley is the way.
2: Gently Bentley. Tell us what you think. We love to hear from you. Tell us, how do you make parent friends? Do you surreptitiously co-opt your children? Do you march up to people and say hello? Or is there a better way altogether? Email us at tgm at or call us on our pod phone on 028999386. Or do that if you have a dilemma because we would love to talk about it.
3: Because we love to talk about things but not do them. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's what we're doing here, yeah, Andrew. I know, I know. We're talking about quitting. Now, I wanted to talk about this after I watched a video, a really smart video from the New York Times that was very much hooked off what happened this year at the Olympics with the gymnast Simone Biles from the US when she, not even halfway through their gymnastic campaign, early in the gymnastic campaign, said that she needed to pull out due to mental health. Now, some people said, what a quitter. Some people said, thank you for modeling um, looking after yourself first but this video was really interesting about why we need to reframe quitting we're going to play you a little bit of it
0: we demonize quitters we think they're pathetic
3: too heavy too tired nah. that's all in your head
0: what if sometimes quitting isn't cowardly at all but smart what if we've been wrong about quitting our entire lives what if the bravest thing you can do sometimes is quit
2: so I wanted us to talk about this because I reckon that parents spend a lot of time worrying about whether or not their kids at different stages are allowed to give up things that aren't working for them. So whether it's a sport that they're doing, whether it's a subject they've picked at school, whether it's a friendship group or anything, you can't give up now, Mm. you can't quit, and whether or not it's okay to let them quit. So before Andrew and I talk about what we think about quitting, We asked our parenting village and here are some of the things that you told us.
1: I don't think it's the quitting that's the issue, but the reason why. If it's a good chance for them to improve resilience, teamwork or something else I want them to value, then I wouldn't let them quit. But it would probably also depend
2: on how much energy or motivation I have to be a quote unquote good parent at the time they choose to bring up the discussion. (laughs) Another listener told us this.
1: I remember being labelled a quitter as a kid, and I feel it has honestly impacted me as an adult, to the extent that I will not quit things even if they are making me miserable. Yet as a parent, I have mixed feelings because I do feel that pushing a bit longer is good for resilience and grit. And I also feel that despite my mixed feelings about how I was treated as a kid, I do have a lot of grit, which has served me well as an adult.
3: Hey, we'll come back to that, Holly. That's very important. I think that's a very significant point.
2: All right. We will put a pin in that, as they say, Andrew. Pin that one, Holly. Yale told us this.
1: Yes, we need to move on to find things that serve us better. Of course, you give everything your best try, but there's no point doing something you hate or struggling with something you can't achieve. There are times where persistence is necessary, but telling kids that you
2: can never give up can be very detrimental. Things such as ADHD make some things really difficult to persevere with. But when you find your passion, you'll focus every ounce of energy on it and find success.
3: Yeah, interesting. Very interesting. And Jane said...
1: Hi, Mama Mia. Re-giving up and letting our kids give up on things, I think if it's causing them really clear distress and it's not going to be overly detrimental to their academic achievements or their long-term future, I think it's okay. It's not sending the best message, but for example, my daughter was really struggling with ballet, the teacher was, I suppose, just really mean, and even though I'd paid for term fees, I let her give up halfway through because it wasn't worth me forcing her to be miserable for the rest of the term when I knew she wasn't going to keep going with it anyway. But now at school, she's seeing that all the same kids keep winning everything. And I've told her that, you know, she needs to practice and she needs to Be consistent and she can't give up on things when they get hard, and it's good. It's forced her to realize that actually, if she wants things, she's got to work hard for them and she can't give up. So it's teaching her a little bit more self reliance. As for myself as a mother and role model, I am really concerned that my kids see me give up. I am in the early stages of being diagnosed with adult ADHD and. Sticking to things has been a really huge issue throughout my life, whether it's study or work or hobbies or even just making dinner, getting from A to B. I tend to give up because I get really severely overwhelmed and panic and freeze and my whole brain explodes. So there you have it. I think it's okay for kids to give up if it's really going to affect their mental health. Um, And I think there's a lot more going on than just teaching them that we have to stick to things to be a person who achieves
0: and, yeah.
3: Wow. Holy wow. This is great.
0: Mm.
2: Cass told
0: us. Cass, mum of an 11 and a 12-year-old here. In our house, we don't just quit because we don't like something. We do have to see the season or the term out or see it out till I finish paying for it if I've paid for it in advance. We've tried things like scouts, dancing, swimming, karate, soccer, a whole lot of things, but I think it's important that kids need to learn that you can't just quit when you're not happy with something or you don't like it, that you need to see it through to the end. And especially if you're part of a team or it's a season or something, you need to see what it's like. I don't mind them changing their mind because they don't like something, but you do have to, once you commit to something, finish that commitment first. Hey,
3: Holly, we're getting a very strong theme here that is exactly not what I was expecting.
2: Oh, what were you expecting? I was
3: expecting that it's okay to quit. And it's is definitely not the vibe at all. Lee told us... Would I let my child quit something? That's dependent on the impact of them quitting. If they are the only person impacted, no problems. But if it's team sports or the similar, that's a different discussion.
0: We've got one more. Hi, Holly and Andrew. I'm just commenting on whether or not I think it's OK for kids to quit sport or stop midway through a season or a commitment or... Um, or anything really. In the past, this would have triggered a big conversation about commitment, teamwork and letting others down. But I think post or mid-COVID or wherever we are in this whole COVID world, we're trying to work a little bit smarter and not harder in our family. So I'll listen to the kids' concern and generally I'll just say, sure, miss a training, miss a this, miss a that. You know, just chat out why they want to um, quit or stop because it's normally they're tired, they're fatigued, or maybe they feel like they're a bit overwhelmed with schoolwork. They're all legitimate reasons. I think that's because pre-COVID, it was a not negotiable. You did that sport and you stayed in it and you were in it for the long haul. So they, they do have that appreciation for what it means to um, finish something off. But We just need to work a little bit more wise for everyone and the kids appreciate it and it's making parenting a lot easier. Thanks for your work, guys, and keep doing what you're doing. Okay, bye. Okay.
3: Okay.
2: It's time for us to discuss quitting. I want to know your thoughts, Andrew.
3: I am with the majority of our glorious Mess listeners saying that it's good to see something through. It's good to commit to something. It's not quitting is not about losing, it's about keeping going. And if things are hard, you have to, as a kid, you have to experience things being difficult to actually appreciate what it is to finish something, right? Not Because the world is hard, right? Growing up is, being a teenager is hard. Being a young adult is hard. Being a middle-aged person is hard. And I'm sure being 80 is also has its challenges. And if you don't learn early on that you've got to put in and keep going and nut through the difficult bits, you're never going to learn it. And we all know people who just go, "Oh, well, no. No, no, I'm not doing it. It's too hard. No. And they might be the ones who are not committing to... Now, this is beyond the ADHD examples. This is a straight general...
2: It's just a generalisation. Please let me state a
3: gross generalisation on the topic. But I think it's really important to try to fail to hurt to see what it's like to actually finish something because when you finish something it's usually better i did quit trombone in year 7 i did quit trombone in year 7 because i hated it i hate hated it
2: i think very few people would disagree that you should see something through once you've committed to it like especially if it involves other people where i really struggle with quitting and this Is maybe particular to me, I don't know, is being able to tell the difference between the things that are really important to see through and the things that you should just let go. So I've had lots of experiences with my kids, both of them, of them starting something, liking it, and then going off it, right? And then the decision is, do you let them stop doing it? Whether that's, and I'm talking broadly about sport and extracurricular things, right? Now, my gut says you have to do it but my heart says if you hate it and every week trying to get you to go to that is half an hour of drama and shouting and like pulling teeth to get someone to put their bloody football boots out and get out the door and then go and stand around like they hate it and all that kind of stuff like really really why are we putting ourselves through that most of these kids are not going to be professional athletes i know that there are a million other lessons you learn in team sport i'm not discounting that but sometimes i think that we don't quit under any circumstances just gives us an extra problem every bloody time
3: i think everyone quits something right but you know like a lot of kids go i hate going to school you have to go to school you have to go Like, sorry, so what if you're in a team and you go, dude, it's just, you're in the team. Just see the year out. Just get to the end. Just, you could be better for it. School's not for everyone, but you have to go, you know?
2: Oh, I do know. But I also know that I have not managed to swing that for everything with my kids. So the other thing that's interesting, because this quitting conversation is very pertinent to me at the minute, because COVID has put a big hiatus in the middle of all extracurricular activities, right? So now it's like everyone has to pick them up again. Yeah and my daughter who's always been really sporty she's at a different age she's at a different stage and she's suddenly very like nervous about that i don't want to go and join that team i don't know those people i don't want to do that and i find myself really annoyed about it and i'm like you've got to do it you know you've got to do it you've got to go you know this is who you are you love this you know i know but and, but she's just looking at me like why Kids, as they get older, it's much harder to make them do anything. Yes. Like at what point do you, you know, okay, as I say, we're going to be screaming at each other for an hour first and you're going to sulk with me all the way there and then you're going to hate it when you're there and then you're going to sulk with me all the way home. Like what? Why? You know what I mean?
3: Like, If you know as the parent it's the best thing for them and the alternative is they're going to sit in their room on their phone, yeah,
2: right? Exactly. have the fight
3: because there's nothing yeah. worse than your kids sitting in their room for an hour on the phone.
2: That is my line at the moment that I'm trotting out every day. It's like, you have to do this, 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 because otherwise you will be sitting on your own room in your phone. My daughter quit nippers when we lived in Sydney and we lived by the beach. (laughs) It's my eternal regret. And I reckon I bring it up with her at least once a week. (laughs) She hates me for it. We went back to um, Sydney the other week and we saw all her friends and... Her friends who've stayed in nippers and now 11, 12, they're great swimmers. They're not afraid of the surf. They know what they're doing out there. They're really confident. And my daughter loves the water, but she's not confident in the open ocean, right? So she's like, she wants to be in the pool, in the, you know, the ocean yeah. pools and stuff. And there's me every time. If you hadn't quit nippers. If you hadn't quit nippers, you know, and she's just like, but I hated it. And it's yeah. just, I don't know, what do you do? I don't know. I'm a bit te- I'm t- a bit team both yeah, sides. Yeah, but
3: what this. if you were right? Like what if you... I was yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. So what if you... Like, you know, we all know our children at that age. We'd stop knowing them quite so well when they're teenagers. But what if you're actually right and you go, look, just keep playing the stupid piano. I know you don't like the piano. Just play that one thing. Oh, my God, i love it so much. It's so beautiful. You're so amazing and talented, you know. <laughs> you know, because they're gifts for later. It's not for now. They're for later.
2: Well... But maybe it is, right? And maybe it isn't. Mm. I don't know. I find like I like the fact that we're re examining the idea of quitting as weakness. Yeah. You know, this whole the whole framing of this and the Simone Biles discussion and she's not the only one. Naomi Osaka as well. Like who are saying, actually, this isn't good for me, it's not serving me anymore, I'm gonna stop. I think I actually think that's really healthy and good. Yeah, I agree. So I like that we're re examining that. But when it comes to the whole argument of trying to instill resilience in the kids, sometimes I'm just like, yes, but how hard do I want my life to be every Saturday morning?
3: Yeah. For, for <laughs> Bill's and Osaka, they've gone, they've done all the work already. Yeah.
2: They were there every Saturday morning.
3: Both of them, the top of the world and gone, sheesh, not like this, not anymore. But they've got their resilience lesson. They've got the lesson. Mm.
2: That's a really good point.
3: Finally, I had a good point.
2: point. No, you have lots of good points. You're so right about this. It's just that I can't fight my headstrong children. Yeah. I mean, and just as a nod to the people who have mentioned there about neuroatypical kids, with Billy when he was little, we tried him in every sport because we really wanted him to have a sport and he hated every single one of them and it became obvious that that just wasn't going to be his thing. Mm. So we didn't you know, yeah. we didn't pursue it and I think that that's fine and now we've found other things that are his thing. He loves his art class. He started doing martial arts stuff. Like not all kids follow the template yeah. of like boys love team sports, blah, blah, blah. So... But we have the same rule that a lot of these parents do, which is that if I've signed you up and I've paid for the season, you're bloody going. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: Week. Maybe there's an inverse way of going, look, it's so hard to quit cigarettes, it should be that hard to quit sport.
2: Ooh.
3: As an adult, it's so hard to quit something like...
2: Quit a bad habit. So what you're saying is like it's hard to quit a bad habit, it should be hard, hard to, quit to quit a quit good, a good habit. habit.
3: Oh, you yes. did it. There you <laughs> Thanks, go. old.
0: Nailed it. You failed it. Okay,
2: it's my favourite time of the show. It's nailed and failed. We've got one from the listener this week. One from Diana.
0: Hi, Holly and Andrew. Thought I'd just share with you my fail of the week. I sent my son to school today with a little snack box of rice crispy slice that I had made. Well, I thought that's what I was sending him. Actually, my husband had popped in some old chicken bones for the dog in a very <laughs> similar Tupperware container, and that was the one that ended up in my son's lunchbox. So you can imagine the uh, the disappointment and the fury. He came home in a very bad mood. Uh, failed it. Have a great week.
3: Jeez, that's great. Imagine he goes, Mum, today's lunch, the best. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Oh my God. Thanks, well, Diana. She,
2: thank you so much, Diana. Remember, you can send them anytime. Andrew. Yes.
3: Tell Epic me. Epic fail. Fail, fail. Epic fail.
2: Speaking of quitters.
3: Speaking of quitters. <laughs> so, you know, I love golf, right? I love golf almost as much as anything. And the club championships are on. So, I've been practicing and everything. I filled my card out incorrectly, which means I have effectively cheated. I then have noticed the incorrect filling the day after the match. I call the club and say, here's what I've done, and they go, you're disqualified. So I've been disqualified. I didn't do it on... It was an accident, and I've called the penalty against myself. No one had to do it for me. And I'm so genuinely devastated to not be able to play in the competition because I love competition, right? (laughs) (laughs) But if there's, <laughs> if there's a good part to it, all my kids have gone, oh, dad, are you okay, dad? So they could, they've could they seen the pain. Oh. You know, so it's one of those things. And I said, look, it's just the rules, you know, dudes. Sometimes the rules don't work for you. And if you break them, you got to cop it. And so, in that sense, it's a f- nail, I suppose. But far out, I nearly swore again then. Disappointing. Oh. Anyway. Poor you. It's only golf. <laughs>
2: You're a competitive person yes. who likes playing sport competitively. Mm. Do all your kids like no, playing sport? No,
3: no, not at all. No, Jazzy's like could give her rat's ass. And I reckon Bibby's probably pretty close. And I think Felix, he doesn't mind it. But, I mean, she plays in the basketball team. I'm like, why don't you guys try harder? And she goes, Dad, it's not about winning. It's just having a good time. Oh, <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> oh my God. look, she's
2: wise. She's so wise. I have a very 2021 fail today, which is to do with COVID tests. So many parents in many states will currently be living in the reality that your kid gets up these days, they have a snotty nose and you're like, not allowed to send kids to school. It's not a nose anymore. There used to be a time when you could shove a bit of Panadol in their face, hope for the best, send them off to school. It's fine. It's fine. It's just got a sniffle. <laughs> that is not the done thing. For very serious reasons. I know for any parent who's getting cranky with my tone on this.
3: i get over For very serious
2: it. <laughs> reasons. We don't want COVID cases in schools. We don't want everybody shut down. We don't want isolation. Anyway, Billy had a sniffle yesterday and a cough. So he and I went to get our COVID tests We went, and he had the day off school. We went and it was annoying because I'm working, all the rest of it, and he's not really sick. You know, not, not sick enough to be lying yeah. around sick, just sick enough that you can't send him to school, which is annoying. Anyway, we went and get our COVID tests. Last night I get a text message, beep, COVID test negative. I go, great. And so I wake up this morning and I say to Billy, your test is negative, you're going to school. He's like, eh, eh, eh. I'm still sick. Mom, eh. And I'm like, no, you haven't got COVID. You're going to school. So I call the school. I say, Billy hasn't got COVID. He's coming to school. So I take him to school. Sure enough, two hours later, school calls. Billy's coughing up a lung. Come and get him. <laughs> he can't be here. Oh, and while we're at it, send us a copy of Billy's negative <sighs> COVID test so we can I have it on you. file. I go to look at my phone to forward it to them. I never got a COVID test result for Billy. I only got oh. one for me. I just saw it and I went, oh, we're both fine. We don't have COVID. <laughs> so I'm like, shit. I'm like, I've like, i just sent my kid to school, told everyone he doesn't have COVID. Maybe he has freaking COVID. He's coughing up a lung. I can't send them a negative test. Brent, go and get Billy now, 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 now. He goes to get Billy. I'm calling the lady. The, you know, calling the number on my text message, going, I haven't had a result for Billy. And I'm just imagining all of the hell that Jeez. would ensue if I hadn't, if Billy had COVID and I'd send him to school. Anyway, the very helpful woman on the line is like, on Billy's one, you just missed a digit on your phone number. Billy's COVID test is negative. I'll send it to you now. Thank God. She sent it to me immediately because she's an angel. And I was able to send it to school and say, Billy definitely doesn't have COVID but I'm sorry I sent him to school sick that's anyway. That's so
3: funny. Oh, that's great. That's a great story. <laughs> oh,
2: my God. And I was just like, what an idiot. I just woke up, looked at my phone and went, we're fine. But I didn't check that there was like one for Holly and one for Billy. And anyway, so poor old Billy. He is a pariah. But luckily, yeah, it wasn't any more serious a fail than that.
3: Just on that comment you made about, you know, your tone about talking about COVID, right? So, and you're like apologising for that tone. I've got a conference to do later in the week. And I thought, well, I better look up some COVID jokes, you know, like it'd be good to start with a couple of COVID jokes for the conference. So I Google, no, no, no. No, So I Google COVID jokes. (laughs) And the first thing that comes up is COVID is no joke. (laughs) Mm. Thank you for the joke. (laughs) Internet. It's true. Well, there you go.
2: That's written your intro for you, hasn't it? yeah i know look these are the complications now is that i know so many parents whose schools are getting shut down and then they're home again it's no fun uh, and anyway this is our reality and we're living with it but yeah i nearly had a massive fail there that would be very bad that is all we have time for on this glorious mess today thank you so much for joining us remember you can tell us what you think about the show anytime you want on tgm at mamma mia.com.au
3: and if you love all things mamma mia have you heard of our podcast extraordinary stories. Emma Gillespie is unbelievable. She delves into the glamorous and scandalous life of Linda Evangelista, otherwise known as the supermodel who vanished. And that is the latest episode.
0: Even her junior high school teacher, Josephine Baronek, knew what might lay ahead for Linda, penning it in her yearbook. Something I really believed in. I said, see you on the cover of Vogue. I did know early on that I wanted to model. I had no idea it was going to happen yet, and I guess they knew it too. And I didn't ever think it possible to be on the cover of Vogue. I thought it was just a very nice thing of her to say.
2: Now, remember, if you're reading or listening to our content, you're helping to fund girls in schools. You might not know that, but every click, every download helps us fund girls in schools. That's what Mamma Mia does. We have a partnership with Room to Read, who send kids to school in the most vulnerable parts of the world. We're currently funding 300 girls in schools every day with an aim to get to 1,000. This glorious mess, Big Kids, is brought to you by Mamma Mia. The episode was produced by Michaela Floriano. Yeah, thanks, everyone. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week.
0: Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of the land we have recorded this podcast on, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation.